Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we talk about living mindfully every day, the good, the bad, and the interesting. We bring in experts on the topic and then just those everyday people who are living it and so many of these people are friends and family because we're exploring what can this mean to change the consciousness of the planet one person at a time. And today I have an amazing guest to share with you, my friend Corinne Hancock. Corinne, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks Holly. Thanks so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Well, I'm so glad you said yes because you bring to the store, to the store, to the show, a diverse background, um, and we can just tap into so many different lessons that you've lived. And I, I think it's so fun that you know, you kind of Corinne chaos, and so many of us can relate to the chaos. And you've been a leadership coach at the State Department. You are an amazing mother. You are a hobby farmer, and you have led organizations globally, including an organization called Project Cure. And now you're stepping out um, in new ways to be a speaker, an author, a trainer, and you're creating these executive retreats that are inviting us to new levels of leadership. Um, tell us a little bit about what mindfulness means to you as you find your own sense of calm in the chaos. Wow. Well, thanks, Holly. I think it's just amazing. And you're such an inspiration to bring this idea of mindfulness to everyday life. And it's so needed in this time of our world and of everything that everyone is facing. And I think it's a really a time for us to really pause and start to really go deeper within ourselves. And, you know, I've spent my whole career um, pretty much in in the depths of the world of that are pretty tough. And so I feel that my my lens that I look at our world through and my and my life is a constant um, exploration of this mindfulness of what it means to bring this to our world of um, privilege. And I, I've always said that, you know, we live here in a country where every thing is actually available to us. And in this time, I think people really forget how blessed we really are simply by the place we were born. And I always felt that from a young, young age that I didn't understand sort of like, how did I get so lucky by just the family I was born into, the genetics I was born with, the opportunities I was given by every combination that really was by no work of my own. And so as I developed in my life, I sort of 
started getting really curious of, well, how does this work for the rest of the world and how can I give it back and share gifts that were given to me and better myself? So mindfulness became a, a journey for me of how do I really get to know me self at a deep level and the gifts that I have that I can share with others to help make this world a better place, a kinder place, a place that we live deeper. And um, I, I think it's really valuable. So you have, uh, I mean, there's so many different directions to, to take this conversation. That whole idea of, of giving back and the awareness is so powerful. And I think we live in a world today where it's like we teach ourselves, have to have the answer, have to have the answer, have to have the answer. And I love that you really bring to this conversation that you spend a lot of time in the question, how do I this, how do I that, and then how do you bring it into the world? And I believe that just staying in those questions has brought you to connections and places that most of us never get to go. I always love following your Facebook because you're off to Uganda, you're off to these great and great countries, and never from a place of bragging, but from a place of deep connection and deep service. So how do you, do that and be a mom back here stateside. Yeah, well, it's been very challenging for sure. I mean, and this is, my children are now 13 and 15 year old boys, and this has been part of my life always. So they don't know any different. And, and the truth was my journey sort of began in college. I studied abroad and I didn't, I didn't pick, you know, all of my friends were studying abroad in Spain and France and places like that. And I found this program where I studied in Nepal, Russia, China. And I really went on this exploration of always sort of wanting to figure out why people did what they did. I'm a cultural anthropologist, you know, in my undergrad, human development, and really looking at it too from a, from a sense of development of how if we're going to make a change in the world, you really have to understand why people do what they do. Why do cultures do what they do? How did we even get to where we are so that we can figure out how to solve problems. So I think that for my children and being a mom was really interesting because I spent my whole life in this exploration, spending as much time as I could in different parts of the world. I lived in London, you know, the father of my kids was British. I lived in London for many, many years. And so I think it's being an outsider also helps you connect to who you are inside so that then you can bring it to help others connect with themselves. Um, spend so much time looking outwards for the answers, but really all of them exist inside. But I think you have to sort of put yourself in an uncomfortable situation or challenge yourself to go and be challenged to even know where to look. So I've spent truly most of my career working overseas and my kids were really young while I was doing that. And I would spend two weeks in a foreign country and two weeks home while my children were elementary school age. And so it was at a time that they didn't really know any different. They didn't know that that wasn't normal. But as they started to grow, they were thinking, wait a minute, why isn't my mom home? Or wait, my mom's in Africa. It was this very challenging thing for them, but they also, got to go with me a lot and explore with me a lot and just be in a different level of questioning of human beings. Because what I found as I've spent time in probably over 50 countries is that at the root, we are all the 
same. We all desire at the deepest level the same connection to ourselves, to our beliefs, to our families, to our higher purpose for why we're here. No matter if you're in the smallest, poorest village in the world, to the top CEO of the most powerful company, our deep desires as human beings are the same. So um, as I've traveled abroad, every trip brings me to a, a specific person and an experience that changes me, that grows me. Um, is there a story of, of a personal connection that you've met that you're like, I'll never forget. In my case, there's a little girl named Faith in Bali. Tell us a story like that. Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't even know where to start on that. I have hundreds of them. I think, um, some of my favorite stories is when I worked on this program in the State Department, um, it was a really interesting program that's fascinating that our, our government actually funds is through the Bureau of Education and Cultural Affairs. They go and find teenagers in different countries that they're trying to have an impact in that are going to be leaders somehow, some way of their country. So these are young people collect, connected politically or, or some way they're going to lead their community. And they would come to us and do, we would do a deep leadership training program with them with the idea of helping develop them as leaders so they could go back to their communities and strong, powerful leaders of real substance um, and create really amazing change within their communities. So through that, I met this student, um, his name was Bernard. He was from the Samburu tribe in Kenya. And before Bernard came to the US, he had never seen a paved road except for on the drive to Nairobi to get his visa. This tribe, the Samburu tribe, is a nomadic tribe that still, I mean, they have very intense coming of age ceremonies. They are, are sent into the woods as young boys to earn their manhood and their warrior um, hood. And, and Bernard came into my life as a 16 year old boy living with my family while he was here in the US on this program. And at the time my boys were about eight and 10 years old and Bernard would sit with us and tell these stories at the dinner table of his childhood and of his different life experiences and how my boys would just listen like it was, it almost, they were like fake stories that we were listening to, but they were real. And this was this kid's experience. And my favorite part was that he was still a teenage boy and he was in complete wonderment and shock that we let our pets be in our home, we had dogs in our house, that we had entire stores just for pets, that when we went and took him to um, the sports store to go find some tennis shoes, and you know at our, at our giant sports stores, we also have, we sell weapons and all sorts of things, and he couldn't believe on the back wall that there was all of these weapons, and, and that there was a crossbow. Well, he comes from a warrior tribe where he still uses a bow and arrow, we were showing him these crossbows and he actually asked the, uh, the store attendant, he said, when they were showing him the arrows, he said, well, well, which one of this has the poison? He was actually looking for the ones that had the poison I and mean, just these innocent questions. And so what I learned from Bernard was that this idea of wonderment is absolutely critical. Everything he saw was in complete wonderment. And we would be on walks or we would go through the city and he would relate to things he had read or heard about and just keep in the wonderment. And the wonderment and the, and the curiosity that he taught my children and me was incredible. And 
but yet he was still a teenager. And within a few weeks, he loved having the new iPod and he was telling me the new music that he had found. And he wanted the new sweatshirt and the new trainer because we still are human and we still desire more things. And it doesn't mean we're materialistic or not connected or all of those things. And Bernard just taught me so much about the curiosity and the love and appreciation for looking through life, you know, looking at life through a lens of wonderment and to never, ever lose that no matter how many experiences you have. And a few years ago, um, Bernard suddenly died and he was, he died of a heart condition that no one knew of or understood. And just one morning he was dead in his bed and he was only 21 years old. He was a kid who was going to leave this community and make unbelievable change. And it was so devastating to lose him, especially because if he lived in a developed country, these were probably conditions that would be known of or we could have prevented it or, or something, right? But Bernard stays with me in every moment of this smile and this gratitude of life and of love and of complete curiosity and wonderment. And so my lesson is to never lose the wonderment, no matter how many experiences you have, no matter how many times you've taken that walk, is that mindfulness of really stopping and seeing what you can notice that's new and beautiful and connect it to a place within yourself. And I learned that from Bernard. Well, Corinne, there aren't words to say thank you enough for sharing that, that powerful story. And it's really inspiring to remember that there's no, there's no geography in your world. I mean, that, that story just transcends geography and thoughts and beliefs and actions. And I, I think that's what mindfulness and those of us who are practicing it continue to you know, allow us to see the bigger space of what the world could be, what humanity can be, and, and how we can work together. And, you know, I really want to highlight for our listeners, too, that that's a story of, of somebody, you know, what we might say is far away in the U.S. market, bringing, you know, their wisdom to us. And yet you also get to bring wisdom to them as you cross the bridge. So let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come we're going to talk about how you utilize these skills and abilities in a corporate environment. So we'll be right back after the short break. The Everyday Mindfulness Show is brought to you by Leadership Solutions International. Are you hosting an upcoming conference or convention? Or looking for a speaker to provide inspiration and motivation? Would you like your audiences to know what you know as a listener of the Everyday Mindfulness Show? Check out Leadership Solutions International for more on mindful leadership keynote offerings, on-site mindfulness information centers, and trainings. You're listening to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, and we are here with an amazing executive trainer with global leadership skills, a speaker, an author, a philanthropist, a visionary, uh, Corinne Hancock. Corinne, thank you for those beautiful stories you shared in our opening segment. Now I wanna shift the conversation a little bit and let's take that idea of wonderment and curiosity that, that Bernard has instilled in your heart and how do you use that work with executives and what are some of the future pro projects that you have coming down the pike? 
Awesome. Well, thanks. Yeah, I, I've been doing a ton of work with executive groups lately. And what I've really realized, my favorite idea to really teach is this idea of working on this curiosity, but curiosity on something very specific. We go really deep on the curiosity around complaints. And I know that sounds really negative or, or strange in a mindfulness show, but the truth is development can never be created or built without going deeper first. And so I feel like companies and organizations do all these trainings and they try to implement all these new projects and programs and different things. But if we don't look deep first at the real core issues, they're just gonna be built on top. And as you know, I'm Chaos Corinne. I deal mainly in how to thrive in chaos. And so the problem is, is it's all fine when things are good. But the minute something happens and chaos hits your company or your organization or your top salesperson quits, all that stuff from deep underneath is going to shoot up and really come to the surface at a level that causes even more chaos. So my job is to train people of how to prepare for chaos, what to do when it really happens, who you're being as a leader, and the adjustments you're going to make so the same things don't keep happening, but also how you can use it to your advantage. And after all of my years leading hundreds of teams into very chaotic environments, multi-generational, multicultural, budget restraints, everything that companies are facing is um, this idea that curiosity needs to be thought of first, especially in the midst of chaos. So I spend majority of my time when I'm in the field now in different countries, but before a development project, we have to really sit and listen to everyone in the tribe, in the village of what are their biggest frustrations. So I teach executives how to have these listening conversations with their people, with their managers, with their frontline people of how do we have these effective conscious conversations around actual challenges that people are having where it's not now about complaining or blaming. It's actually moving into action because I always say if you have a complaint, you have a project. Because from that project, in that, from that complaint, is actually a deep commitment to something greater. And from that deep commitment comes an action item to move into work. So what I'm working on now is really exciting because it's sometimes hard to conceptualize. But I want to now, I'm taking, starting to take executives with me to these villages and to these sites to meet these village leaders, experience life in the village because a village operates just like a company. These village and tribal leaders are just like the CEOs and the, and the managers of these organizations because, but they don't have their MBA. They don't have a leadership coach. They don't belong to amazing coaching and they don't listen to amazing podcasts like this to learn. They, but they are dealing with the same challenges, trying to create growth, you know, build highly effective teams within their village to create projects that are going to sustain their livelihood. So what is it about leadership? Leadership is the same at the village level all the way to the corporate level. And I want our top executives to come go back to their roots, get back to the roots and the basics of human connection and what it takes to lead people even in the most chaotic resource constrained environments. So one of the things I love about you is you don't just teach this message <laughs> on a stage and do it. You're, you live it on and off the stage. So tell me about the hobby farm. You, you <laughs> also, I obviously have because we live in, you know, metropolitan Denver, Colorado, a very big city. And yet 
you've managed to sculpt a, a training ground for, for chaos right here, not, not just on a stage, but in your own life. Well, I think, Holly, don't they always say we sort of teach the things that we uh, need to work in? And I'm clearly the biggest chaos creator in the world. So that's why I would say I'm very much an expert in chaos. Is that, so I keep adding things to my life. As a, you know, I spend majority of my time in places in the world with this connection to animals and life. And so I like to create that in my home here, too. I love having... So yes, I have a hobby farm. I have these two teenage boys that I was also trying to create how do I build some in them they need to have a little bit of work in their life responsibility it connects us as a family so we have four Nigerian dwarf goats I think we're up to nine chickens now and three ducks and uh, it's it, it's amazing it's my most favorite thing to go out and really work in the field work in the barnyard get dirty have my kids and I all working together and for us to have these like fresh farm eggs every day that's what life is about is this deeper connection to just everything around us this mindfulness I feel the most serene and calm when I'm out in the barnyard doing manual labor it sounds ridiculous but it really feels good to I think we all like to create and and work hard and have a result from it so we talk in everyday mindfulness about the idea of a daily practice and some people have a, a more structured practice other people have a more flexible practice do you have something that you that you kind of turn back to in those most chaotic times is it a book you read a, you know a meditation a walk what what brings you back to that sense of of connection and mindfulness um i think it really is taking the moment to really just stop. My, my biggest um, thing I teach my executives is to refocus on the mission and not your mission statement, but like what's at hand right now? What are you trying to accomplish in the next five minutes, in the next 10 minutes? And so I've really embodied this idea of taking a pause in every moment that I'm feeling overwhelmed or because everything exists out here in this big 30,000 foot view is overwhelming. And especially for all of us who are really, we're, uh, we're achieving a lot. We're balancing our families and our jobs and our friends and our volunteering and all of these things are going on and it can be so overwhelming. But if we can bring back to the, just the moment of what do I need to do in the next 10 minutes? What is my intention that I'm trying to accomplish? What's my goal in the next Hour. And moving it into these smaller moments has been the only thing that keeps me able to keep moving forward and creating these things at, at these multiple levels because if we looked at it through the big picture, we would all be so overwhelmed you can't even function. And so coming to that moment and being very mindful of what can I do in the next five minutes, the next hour, the next day. Well, Corinne, we are so grateful for you sharing these stories of wit and wisdom and connection and, and really, truly, you're exhibiting that, that there is a place to find uh, calm in the chaos. Um, if people want to connect you for these executive retreats or you know, maybe some of your keynote speaking, um, can you tell us a little bit about those service offerings and how to connect to you? Yeah, sure. I mean, I would love, you can always follow me on Instagram at Chaos Corinne. That's where I sort of kind of give you the back of and take you on the journeys overseas with me. You can get on my website at CorinneHancock.com. Um, it's spelled in the French way, C-O-R-I-N-N-E. 
Um, so CorinneHancock.com, you can find everything there. And really, you know, the keynotes are great. It's all about thriving in chaos, how to build high-functioning teams in chaotic environments, how to sort of stay on top of things when everything's changing around you. And um, to really connect with me, how you can come overseas with me, be a service. We have a medical uh, training trip that's coming up in October to uh, Eswatini, which is formerly Swaziland. So I'm still needing some volunteers on that. You can find that on my website under travel. And we'll be doing an executive um, leadership retreat to Uganda in November. So if you're curious about finding out about that, it might already be full, but stay tuned and we'll have more offerings coming up with that. So I look forward to staying connected with people. I would like to share with you that I think the idea is really, you know, live a life that you love. Live it powerfully so that you can contribute authentically. And I really thank you for the work that you're doing, Holly, to help bring this mindfulness to the world so that we can continue to live powerful lives, live them in a life that we love so that we can contribute to this beautiful world that we've created. Well, Corinne, thank you for saying yes, what I asked you to be on the show, and for your yes to ripple out the good that you are throughout the world. Uh, I really encourage people to you know, follow, follow Corinne's work, invite her to come to an organization, nonprofit, or corporation that you're working with so that you can continue to be inspired by her work. Corinne, I'm so proud of you. Keep doing it. I hope that we get to have pictures together someday. Yes. Uh, Thank yep. you, especially overseas. You should come with me. Um, I'm in. I love that idea. In October. <laughs> I, I love that idea, but I, I would have a lot to learn, and you'd meet me on a different level, <laughs> no doubt. Just fine. You, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's where the growth happens, <laughs> and you do it so well, Holly. You're amazing, so thank you. Thank so you for having me. So wherever you are, whatever your role is today, I think that's a, just a great piece of advice to end on. Find that edge of your comfort zone, that thing that you're like, oh, maybe I'm going to say no to it and say a powerful yes. Corinne and I are, are living examples. You can live through the yes, and we hope that you'll do more of that. Corinne, thank you so much. Rem remember, mindful matters, and so do you. Have a great week. Yay. Thanks, Holly. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit EverydayMindfulnessShow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Mm -hmm.